start your engines and buckle up. It's the Light Sights. Let's go. F1 show. Good evening and welcome to the Light Sight Let's Go F1 show on Jack's Radio for Wednesday the 22nd of September. And you just heard Blink 182 with I Miss You. And I've played that because we've just had a weekend without an F1 race after three races back to back. And I realise that my life's quite empty without F1. And I must say, I miss you. You didn't need to add them and... without F1, bit. You just my last question. <laughs> there you go. And you just heard the voice of Rich Mason and, and the laugh of Adam Knights, and they are with me. How are you, boys? Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Dan, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well indeed. Very well indeed. But as I said, very, very empty without F1. So that was the song playing around my head all weekend. And there you go. Right, but I managed to fill it with a bit of IndyCar, which was lovely, and I will come on to that in a bit later on. I've got a bit of IndyCar news, which is great. Have you started buying Stetson hats yet? I might do. I might do. And things like that. I might do. If a pair of cowboy boots find their way onto the end of your feet, we know you've gone fully (laughs) tonto. Exactly, exactly. Right, okay, so first of all, I'm going to start the show by asking you to cast your minds back a little bit, okay? So, here we go. The Silverstone incident between Max and Lewis and the Monza incidents between Max and Lewis. Have you had time to let them settle in and have you changed your your original stance, maybe who's at fault or what, why it happened, etc., etc.? Don't... Mm. I wouldn't say I've changed my stance, but I do think. Um, I What's know. your thoughts on it now that it's settled in a bit? I, mm, I don't know. I still think the Silverstone incident was a bit sixty mm, percent Max, but forty okay. percent Lewis because I think he was very. I think Lewis is quite calculating in where he places his car, yeah, knowing so. knowing how. I think he's worked out. And I think he worked out a while ago how Max is likely to react. Max is quite easy to read, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I th- yeah, he. Probably and I think actually. possibly Lewis uses that to his advantage, but that's why he has seven world titles. Yeah. So, Adam, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of in the same. I don't know that I've really changed my point of view, but I do think that it's probably been solidified a little bit, and I think that. Um, you know, the, the, the subsequent Monza gig helped me solidify to Rich's point, I think, that, you know, yes, it's the, the arrogance of Verstappen is coming back through again. Um, I, you know, I, I had, I, I'll be honest, I, I've not been a fan of his at all, really, you know, from his, from his early years. But then when you're 17, 18, 19, you can put it down to being just, you know, young and immature and not having the, yeah, yeah. the level of experience. But I just, I don't like the way that this arrogant attitude just seems to be actually being cultivated for one yeah, thing by the, by, Red by, the, Definitely. by the Red Bull environment and you know, just being allowed to, to, to kind of continue. And, and I think, you know, the, the, you know, whereas you could put, you know, the Lewis at, at, a, at a degree of fault, I think I've actually 
would, would, would actually wind back how much how much I think he was at fault in, in Silverstone and, and and it's just been kind of you know ratified by what happened in Monza. So yeah, no, I, I it hasn't really changed my view. It's just allowed me to dislike Verstappen more than I already did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so so here's a new section. Oh, here we go. I think, I think, well, hang on. I think Monza, I mean, I mentioned Silverstone, and I, but I think Monza, yeah, definitely. I think that was just Max being, no, yeah, yeah. that was Max's fault, definitely, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, so here's on, a you changed I've... your mind then, Dan? Have you? But then, but well, then, be, no, at the same time, at the same time, everyone needs a villain. You know, every, it, it needs a villain, right? Rosberg was my. Oh, it, Rosberg, it's definitely Rosberg what everyone my, needs, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Rosberg yeah, was yeah. my villain. He was my villain for years, and you know, maybe that's been lacking. So maybe, maybe I'm glad that there's a villain. Almost. That's true. That's true. Here is a section then that I've that I've created that may make a comeback at some point in, in the future called Dan's Deep Thought. Okay, so oh, here boy. is Dan's. Here is Dan's Deep Thoughts. So, Silverstone and Monza. I haven't changed my stance. I still believe Monza is Max's fault. I would still go and say Max could have given Lewis more room at Silverstone. Okay? Although... I would criticise Hamilton on both. And where I'm going to criticise Hamilton is, I don't think he was aggressive enough. So at Monza, people say that, you know, he did squeeze Max or whatever. He didn't squeeze him enough, as far as I'm concerned. The reason I think now why Monza happened is because Lewis was being fair, but not what he should have done is ran Max... On that second corner of the chicane, he, he should have gone straight for the apex, ran Max out completely and gave him no choice but to go, go down the uh, the escape road. I think Hamilton, the reason why he wasn't aggressive enough is he gave him, actually gave him some, some space. He almost gave him the ability to say, I know you're there, I will give you space. But by giving him that ounce of space, it... it it almost drew Max into thinking, I've got a chance here, and therefore I'll go for it, and which is why he didn't back out. Lewis but, should have ran him 100% without a doubt. He should have ran him into that apex, ran him completely out of space. He he should have been more aggressive. thing is, to Hamilton's defence, I think if you do that knowing Verstappen, you risk, you, you know that you're going to come have a coming together. You know that's going to happen if he goes for that apex. As but you he knew suggest. it was going to happen anyway because because he didn't give well, him enough room anyway. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's the degree of how much of a coming together it is. Hamilton knows that if he's in Max's position at that point, Hamilton's going to bail out of it because, as we've said before, Hamilton's thinking a bit more of the long game than Verstappen. But he knows that Verstappen's going to not think like that. Verstappen's reaction is going to be, "Well, I'm, we're going to have an accident," and obviously that could compromise yeah, yeah. Lewis. It could be that it ends up compromising Lewis's car and Max gets away with it and all of a sudden he's off up the road. Yeah, but, but I think he, he gives never, him that... He, he never gave him enough room not to have an accident anyway. So actually, True, just, I, I, just run, him, run him straight <laughs> out the road. Run him straight down that, that escape road. Make him go down the escape road. Then the corner's yours. 
Max can't get ahead of you by going down the escape road. You've you've won that corner. Be more aggressive. Run away because that's exactly what Max would do. Max and and he proved that on 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 lap one he ran Lewis straight into the apex. Max went out wide and ran him out, and Lewis had no choice but to bail out and get on get on the escape road. Be more aggressive. And yeah, on the-, the Silverstone incident. Lewis, the reason why I think they actually ended up making contact is because Lewis ended up trying to back out at the end and then understeered in, in, into the back of back of Max. Again, he, he, Lewis already made the decision to go for that corner, so then don't back out. Keep your foot in and run him straight out wide. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe if it wasn't Silverstone, when it's your, your home Grand Prix and it means so much to you and you want to win it, Maybe if it, if it wasn't Monza when it should have been a Mercedes stronghold and all you have to do is get through that first corner and the race was his. Any other racetrack, particularly if it had been a Red Bull stronghold, then yeah, he would. I, I think he would have been more aggressive and he would have risked the accident. He, didn't, he wanted to be as aggressive as he could be without risking the accident. But the accident I still think, happened, so he did risk that because uh, he never gave he never gave him enough room anyway. But but he came away with a moral high ground. Uh, he came. Uh, away, I, he, I agree he, with he, that. I agree with he, that. He, he he won the PR battle that weekend. If he had forced him down to into a, 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 the apex completely, and there would still be a risk of an accident because Max isn't going to give up, so it would still have been an accident. Except now, Lewis is criticised for everything that he was criticising Max for at Silverstone. Whereas he he did almost the same thing, but not quite the same thing. So walks away still with the moral high ground without the penalty and just maybe a little bit on the, the hero side rather than the villain. I think but doesn't gain point. any ground in 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 the in the championship points. Possibly only po- seven to eight races left. Yeah, I get you, but you know, Lewis always thinks of the long game. And the long game in this point is he wants to win the championship, obviously. I, but the, yeah, the long exactly, game is all, the long game the, is also legacy of when he leaves mm-hmm. the sport yeah that's fair and what that's type fair. of a racer he was and he wants people to know that he was as fair as he could be whilst being firm 100 percent. that's fair but he also but he also wants eight eight, eight championships and and he made no ground up uh at he does on, in 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 the, in the championship and there's only what is it eight eight races left if, and red bull have the faster car now and is still bringing updates that eight, that eight isn't. I don't think it's going to come this season. I don't think it is either. I think it's <clears> going no, to be I'll a struggle. Say, yeah, I think. I'll and then who knows? That. Next year, all bets are off. It could be a Hassan that wins the championship next season. You know, who who knows? That would be a strong money on a bet. That would. No, you never know. Because stranger never. things have happened. But anyway, yes, it's it's an interesting one. So I still think I still think in in general there were racing incidents. You know, Lewis wasn't at fault. I just I just think. He could have been more aggressive, personally, and actually gave Max no option whatsoever. But yeah, it was interesting. It's just something I've been thinking about. Well, there you go. Mm. That's, so, that is so Dan's that deep is, thought. Is Dan's deep thought going to have a jingle going forward? Or yeah, we, we need a jingle. <laughs> I'll, Dan's uh, deep thought. I think like an one. echo off the back of it or something. Right. Okay. Can have that one. Use that. So. To give me a chance to recover from Dan's deep thoughts, let's go to a song. And Rich, we're going to go to one of yours first. Oh, are we? Okay. We are. Like yes. Am I prepared? Yes, I am. Uh, so sure the last, are. the last track that I uh, that paid the other week was um, uh, "Pinball Wizard" by the Who. 
and uh, Wizard. Um, Wizard was a rock band uh, formed by Roy Wood. Uh, and Roy Wood was uh, also was a founder member of The Move um, and was also a founder member of ELO. He was only in it for two years. Uh, so that's how we get from Pinball Wizard to ELO. And uh, a track called Turn to Stone. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show with Jack Ray. And that was Turn to Stone by the Electric Light Orchestra on The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's radio. And welcome back. So, boys, we are going to cover a little bit of news and things now. So, what have I been looking into this last week? So, have any of you seen uh, the proposed changes for Abu Dhabi track, the track that we all hate? It, it's subtle, I think. Like, I've removed, like, removed a chicane or two, sort of. Yeah, I'm actually quite excited by it, to be honest. So, so in that first section... Uh, you've got the long run down to the sort of stadium uh, section before the first DRS uh, zone. They've mm-hmm. taken away that that, that sh- um, chicane now, which is excellent. So now it's a nice breaking zone, hopefully a bit of overtaking opportunity there, which is good. Um, they've also now taken the, sh- the chicane out at the end of the second DRS zone and replaced it with a banked corner. So again, hopefully that should be quite fun and see what happens there. Um, and then thirdly, they've opened up the third section slightly. I don't think that's going to make any difference. They've just widened the radius of a couple of the corners, but I don't think anything is going to make much difference. That that section, that, that third section is kind of hopeless anyway. There's, there's nothing you can do with it. But I think I think it's going to promote a bit, a bit more overtaking. I hope so. That could be the Zanvort legacy. Could be banked corners will be in now. That's one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay, so so, so Abu Dhabi then. So twenty in in twenty twenty, there was an average of sixty one overtakes per race. Okay. In the last three years of Abu Dhabi, how many overtakes do you think there's been? I don't know. Stunned silence. That's a stat I have no clue on. Yeah, I'm going to go with something quite low. I'm going to say nine. <laughs> no, it's not nine. It's not nine. I'm I mean, going to go... I've led you in saying a low number. 27. No, 33. Been... Th- 30. So... So bearing in mind that the average per race has been 61 overtakes, in three years of Abu Dhabi, there's been 83 overtakes. Oh, in the three years? Oh, in yeah. total. Uh, you were yes, in the whole three years. Sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. I, yeah. I thought you meant per event, nine. That's no, still no, no. quite low. No. I mean, that's still Hang ridiculous. on a minute. What's 27 <laughs> times three? That's pretty close to 83, isn't it? That's not bad. My average, my average was darn close. Yeah, but you didn't answer the question that I asked, did you? You didn't ask. You asked a very. You didn't ask a very clear question, Mister Daniel yeah. Knight. That was not a I clear did. question. I said, in the last three years of Abu Dhabi, how many overtakes have there been? There's in the nothing last clear. Three, yeah. What's what's the, what's the average over the last three years? No, I didn't say average, and I didn't say per race. But you didn't say total either. <laughs> There's many holes in this questioning, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> many fair. holes. But but anyway, it's and clear. If it's 80, Eighty-one. Then you're absolutely <laughs> on the damn money, Adam. <laughs> but it's, but it is yes clear to show that, that that Abu Dhabi is utterly hopeless for overtaking, and hopefully those changes should. Uh, if they're should going help. in for if they're going in for bank corners, 
do you reckon they could do like you know like the old scale x street you'd have like a little jump or whatever in the middle of it you know the track would go underneath and you could have a or loop jump, the loop or loop the loop or something like that that's what so, they need isn't it the question i have is dan do you do you think that's down to the cars what's that the overtaking <laughs> yeah. i'm not going to go into it but yeah 100 <laughs> percent Give it's, closer it, racing, it, and it'll be much his imprint, his imprint is still on the ceiling from last week, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> let's not encourage anyway, that sort anyway, of rant again. Anyway, let's move on from that. And the next news we had was Sebastian Vettel's re-signed for Aston Martin, which is great news to have him on the on the uh, circuit for next year. So that's Excellent. Great. That'll be good. But a nice link, Adam, about overtaking. So, I, as I said, on the weekend, I've been watching IndyCar from Laguna Seca. And I absolutely love that track. You've got the corkscrew, which is amazing, which is like 10 stories high or something. They drop like like 10 stories, which is which is amazing. It's so great to see on TV. Um, I'd love to see an F1 race around Laguna Seca. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they'd grand out. They're too blooming long, aren't they? They wouldn't work around the corkscrew. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, on the weekend, uh, Colton Herter uh, won the race at Laguna Seca. Uh Championship leader Alex Plow came second, and friend of the show Roman Grosjean came third. Excellent to see him on the podium again this year. That's really good. He he he, he had an absolute excellent race, uh, Grosjean. That was really good. And next Colton, week, we, sorry, go on. Colton. Colton's a good American name, isn't it? Colton Herder. Yeah, Colton. Great. It is great. Um, and next week we go to the last race of the championship. Uh, so we have Alex Pelot and Pato Awards in fights uh, for the championship. Pato Awards so, driving oh, driving a McLaren, so he, he, he I'm fully behind him. Pato Award, Patricio <laughs> Award, Pato Award. Is that the most Irish name you've ever heard of? He's actually he, he's actually Me- he's actually Mexican though. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Patricio Patricio Award. His name is. But they, Pato they Ward. Pato. That's where it is. Pato Ward. Pato Ward. But they call him Pato. Um, and then you've got Josef Newgarden, uh, who's got an outside chance. You've got three people going for the championship in the last race of the season. But that looks really good. But as I will always say, I'm going to drum the, I'm going to bang the drum for IndyCar. They get a lot right. I think Formula One could learn a lot from IndyCar because there's lots of close racing. There's lots of overtakes. There's different winners, you know, each race. It's just incredible. I think we were saying before the show, you know, point, points throughout the field would work as well. You know, if you're yeah. 50, 15th place and you knew that if you got 16th on the last lap, you could get another point in the championship. Yeah. And that would close racing right the way through to the end of the end of the Grand Prix. You know? I mean, one Russell. of the things that obviously IndyCar do is it's a one chassis formula, which obviously won't go down well for F1. Um, but it does help with, you know, with the racing and things. It's, it's really good. But what I also like, they do allow a bit of argy-bargy as well. So Grosjean on one of his overtakes just basically ploughed down the inside near, near the court screw and just sideswipe somebody and no penalty. Fantastic. Get on with it. I love that. Because racing is all about racing and should, a little bit he, of I knocking mean... around. He should have been driving. He should have been driving IndyCar from day one. By the sounds of it, to be fair, because yeah. that, that was that was pretty much the way he, he handles his entire Formula One career. That's true. It's true. Yeah. It clearly suits him if he's you know. He's, he's oh popped sure, he's popped in a few podiums this year in IndyCar, hasn't he, Roman Grosjean? So he's clearly enjoying but, the courses. But there was sad news on the weekend as well. Sad news. Oh, he died. IndyCar. 
Oh, uh, the, well, yeah, he did. He did. Very, very, very true. But other than that, I have another dedication. So here we go. So this time, Colton Herter hit a rabbit. Oh dear! You should have and it Colton did not fare well. Yeah, <laughs> Colton Herter heard a rabbit. So we had the squirrel last week, and we had a rabbit this week. And soft flesh and hard cars don't seem to mix very well, unfortunately. And uh, yes, extremely, extremely sad. But there you go. Right then, okay, so we're going to come on to chat about the new Schumacher film, which came out on Netflix very soon. But first, let's go to a song, and Adam, let's go to one of yours. Okay, this was a very easy choice for me this week. There was uh, no need for me to make any kind of links or corny tie-ins to race happenings or other sporting events. So I picked this one just simply because it's a darn great song. And this is Foo Fighters' Best of You. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show with Jack Rainey. And that was The Best of You by The Foo Fighters on The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's radio. And I think so far this week has been the best of us, I think. What do you think about that, boys? I, I never like to blow my own trumpet, Dan. But if you want to blow it for me, crack on. So on. <laughs> right, let's move on. Okay, so... <laughs> Moving so, on. <laughs> um, so last week we had the release on Netflix of the film Schumacher. So have you had a chance to watch it yet? I have seen the first half of it. Okay. I'll, now I'll, 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 on the day release. I'll be very honest that uh, going into it, I was not a big Schumacher fan at all. In fact, quite the opposite. And just I've hated on that guy since <laughs> I was watching it yeah. as a kid. Um, but I can honestly say, after watching the first half of that film, my opinion has not changed at all. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So, unfortunately, I, I can't was... pass comment because I haven't seen it yet. But you know, yeah. I mean, I wasn't the biggest Schumacher fan, to be honest, um, when he was racing. Um, watching the film has it changed my view? It's it's changed my view of the person. I think there were some very interesting rare scene footage which I, which I really enjoyed some of the stuff that you know video clips and things that have just not really been about on YouTube and things it was quite interesting seeing that I thought it was a good insight into Michael as a person um, I thought the video clips of the aftermath of Senna's death was very interesting that's not often something that you see you normally see the crash and things um, and you see Schumacher winning, but you don't often see video clips of the podium uh, celebrations, etc. Which obviously there there wasn't any. He didn't do any champagne. But what really, really stuck out for me was um, Flavio Briatore's face um, on the podium. He looked utterly shell shocked and just a lost man. He didn't know what to do because uh, it, it seems like. It, that when the drivers got onto the podium, they didn't know anything about Senna at that point. They knew he had been in a horrific accident. Um, it looks like Flavio knew a hell of a lot more than they did. And just his face is just drained. He's just open-mouthed, just stood on... It, it, it's something to behold. I, I, I've never seen that footage of him. And I, I was shocked by, by just how 
you know, how, how, how shocked Flavio looked sort of that podium. I thought that was really interesting. Um, as we've, uh, so Adam, we've spoke off air, haven't we? Um, I think the documentary does gloss over his indiscretions somewhat. Yeah, I, I, I think that it did. I, I almost, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit beyond that. I, I almost felt like it was trying to rewrite history a little bit and kind of change the brand. Um, I think when I was a lot, you know, you know watching him, you know, back in the 90s, etc., I've sometimes questioned whether, um, you know, looking back on it, was I just sucked into the way the media were starting to yeah. vilify him? You know, we've said before, everyone needs a villain, right? Every, you know, every, every wrestling team needs a, a heel, if you Particularly will. Particularly the British press as well, because it exactly. against Matt exactly. against Damon Hill. And... But, you know, as, as, I, as I started to, to, to watch it and, and see, you know, see some of the, the commentary, yeah, it, it, it's. I, I, I certainly felt like that that kind of arrogance came across even more so. And we've said before that you know these top level sportsmen have to have a degree of arrogance, have to have a degree of drive. And is that necessarily a bad thing? Not always. Um, but yeah, I just started to feel like they were kind of kind of, and perhaps it's 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 at the point in Lewis's career where he's about to surpass that magic seven this year and maybe next year. Um, are they trying to kind of solidify that brand and rewrite it a little bit to kind of further cement his place in history, even after even after the last of his records have gone? And yeah, that's the way I felt a little bit walking away from it. Like I said, I, you know, I am not. It, it's not a fashionable thing to 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 hate on Schumacher, but I didn't like him when I watched it younger. I didn't. I don't like the um, the way he's portrayed now. I see. I feel like it's one of those things. You know, you have to say that. He was one of the greatest racing drivers ever. I think you made the point that they, they that the filming was almost kind of made it feel like they were trying to turn him into a center. And I just don't think that that yeah, love was there. I did feel that, the, that they, were, they were trying to create that love around the person sort of, you know, that yeah. Senna's always had. And uh, I did feel that a little bit with that documentary. But I thought it was good. I, I, overall, I thought it was good. It was, it was quite moving, particularly toward, towards the end. I think... As as I said, I think having the Schumacher family on board was something that they perhaps had to dial down some of the negative stuff that they could have said about you know his his indiscretions. I think that was a trade off by having the Schumacher family in, involved in the I mean, project. I think indiscretions are one words. Cheaty pants is another one, right, Rich? Yes, copyrighted by my daughters. <laughs> He was definitely, on occasions, a cheaty pants. Yeah, and by on occasion, we mean most occasions. Yes, quite he a lot was hugely he, pretty driven. Much a, pretty much every time driven. he sat behind a wheel. He was, he was, he was, he, he was a driven man and achieved I, 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 great I, things. I haven't seen it, and I am going to watch it. I'm going to make some time to watch it before we uh, before we come together again next week. Um, I was like you Adam I was never a massive fan of him racing and that wasn't to do with because he was against Hill or because he was against whoever it was just something about the way he went about racing which was yep. so driven and it was and he was his work ethic outside the car was insane but I just I don't know I just never found it, it, it again it's that sort of that, that's that utter self-assuredness I think the incident of when he drove into the side of Villeneuve and literally everybody that has eyes in their head was like, you just drove into Villeneuve and he got out and went, well, clearly that was Villeneuve's fault. 
<laughs> you know, I, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's that sort of that sort of complete arrogance. I think you know we were talking about Max earlier on and that arrogance as well. You know, I don't know perhaps it's a British thing. We just like people to be a little less arrogant, I guess, and not to cheat. Yeah, possibly, us. possibly. But anyway, it's certainly worth a watch. And if you haven't seen it yet, certainly go out and watch it. And it's a chance to say, you know, the uh, Twitter hashtag of hashtag uh, keep fighting, Michael. Obviously, you know, I'd like to say that on on, on this show. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, you, you, you never know what, what, what can happen in, in the future. OK, so we are going to come to a song now and then we will chat a bit about the regulations in 2022. So, Rich, we're coming to one of yours. Well, this link is very, very quick. So I had turned to stone by ELO. And now we're going to go to the Rolling Stones. Um, Perfect. This is, this is um, Sympathy for the Devil. Let's go. You're listening to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show with Jack's Radio. Welcome back to The Light Side. Let's go F1 show on Jack's Radio. And you've just been listening to the Rolling Stones with Sympathy for the Devil. A great song. And thanks, Rich, for getting my um, editing skills up to... Up to uh, up to power there because you gave me a song that was six and a half minutes long. Thank you. For yeah, that. I thought I'd do that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, test them out there, sir. Test them out. So uh, I hate to do it, but I did have to cut that song slightly short. Ah, okay, so let's come on to the 2022 regulations. So I'm going to give a little rundown of all the changes and then let me know what you think. And is it going to stop me ranting about cars racing closely? Okay, so as we know, the cars have been designed to promote better and closer racing. So, what has been preventing the close racing so far? Apparently, it's the catastrophic downforce loss uh, from dirty air from the car in front. So, for those who don't quite understand that, there's a if a car is behind a car, the, uh, the car in front, the car in front punches a huge hole in the air and creates vortices and all sorts in these sort of a real messy airflow which then the car behind loses out all the load of their downforce because it their car doesn't work properly in that horrible air um and so these cars um from right from from, from you know it's a complete redesign of these cars i mean the current cars lose 35 percent of their downforce when they're three cars behind and if they're one car behind they they lose 47 percent of their downforce whereas the cars for, for, for next year, they're hoping that if you're three cars behind, you only lose 4% of downforce. And if you're one car behind, it's only 18%. So they are hoping that they can really promote closer I was, racing. I was amazed when I read those stats, the, the, particularly yeah. the 4% one. I mean, that's just huge, huge change. Yeah, that is big. That is a big change, absolutely. I mean, you, you know... It's, They've got very, very sophisticated over the years uh, in trying to get the damn force right, the front and rear wings. But yeah, that dirty air coming off the back of it, it is, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. And uh, hopefully we can stop you ranting quite so much next year. Yeah, there, is, yeah. there, is, there is one modification coming. I'll let, I'll let you get on. But there's one modification coming that when we get to it, I'm a little bit confused about it. But go ahead. Go OK, so, you, so you've got over wheel winglets. Um, that, that are making an appearance and that again is stopping um, the airflow uh, that helps push the air away from the rear wing 
and therefore by doing that upsets the airflow for the car behind so what this is doing is um just just stopping again that whole uh, messy air which it, which is flowing over the car and therefore again helping that 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 car behind and wheel covers are making a a um, comeback that's the one i'm confused about okay so what here's what so quite very easy so if you remember when wheel covers were last brought in they were brought in in 2007 yeah and so, they, yeah. And they John, were and they Johnson were but had them didn't he when, when he won the championship two, yeah. 2007 and they were banned three years later primarily for two reasons any idea what those two reasons were no, they were. It was actually one. They were deemed to be dangerous because there was a couple of instances where they came loose, came free, um, yeah. and into the path of other drivers. And the second and main reason they were banned in 2010 was because they caused adverse conditions for cars following closely behind. Yes, but but I don't think back then designers were using the um blown wheel nuts etc which which drag air now in through the wheels cooling down the brake ducts and forcing air through the aero parts in 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 the car did so you just say did that you just, area did you just on. say blown nuts on on the no, I just said so. blown wheel nuts. Okay, but anyway, yeah, just wanted to clarify that. Just yeah, let's that. move on. Um, <clears throat> yes, so 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 I don't think that area of the car was as exploited as it is now, and now no. that calls that 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 now causes much worse airflow, which is why also, the covers have come back. Also, I we're think. moving we're moving to eighteen inch diameter wheels, are we not? Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. From yes, the yes, current, yes, are. what are they currently? It's very small, isn't it? Currently, is it fourteen, fifteen at the moment? So that's going to be interesting because obviously that's that's obviously changed to your point about the, the wheel covers and they're going to design them slightly differently to, 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 to maximize or to ensure that the airflow is not disturbed. But also quite a lot of suspension traveling in an F1 car comes from the sidewall of the tire. And now you've got much, much lower profile tires. So what is that going to mean for the suspension side of things? It's clearly going to have to work a little bit harder it's going to have to be a bit different inside because all the inboard suspension is now going to need to take more of the uh, impact yeah yeah especially going so, over so, curbs and things like that so as you say yeah they do have the the 18 wheel rims so apparently the the move to 18 inch uh, wheel rims is going to reduce tire overheat when you're behind another car when you're sliding around slightly more so okay. apparently the wheels that they got now is going to reduce that that heat transfer to the tires, so make them slightly more durable. Apparently. So are they are they keeping the same diameter tires? Do you know, or or, or is the is the diameter of the tire going up a little bit as well? No, it's it's going to be th- thinner tires. So you got right, big, right, yeah. That's, that's what I'm. Yeah, much, I've, I've, yeah, much I've, shallower yeah. sidewalls, much shallower yeah. sidewalls. That's, that's my and that was my point about the suspension side because yeah. uh, you look at the flex now in the sidewalls they currently have. Yeah, right. So that yeah. you know now they're going to have to set the suspension just a little bit more forgiving, a little bit softer. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how they set that up. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And then of course the front wing and nose a complete redesign again. Um, and again, it's all about reducing the wake to the car behind. Um, so it looks a much simplified um, front wing, and you've got the bit on the edge which sort of curves upwards, which mm. apparently what? again is going to help with the with the wake o- over the tires, etc. But but not that complicated wing to prevent all the vortices that affect the car behind. 
So, Dan, you, you, you saw a mock-up of a 2022 car at Silverstone, did you not? Because apparently yes, you went to Silverstone. Yes. I don't know if anybody's realised that you were actually at Silverstone this yes. year, because you were, weren't you? <laughs> of course. Uh, but what, what, course. What, what, seeing it in, in, the, in the metal, as it were, how, how did it look? I mean, did it look cool? Did it, it looked... It looked pretty futuristic, but then again, it had a really, really crazy, like metallic, um, rainbow effect paint on it as well, which made it look okay. slightly more futuristic. So it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of hard in the sunlight to really get a good view of it. But it, it they looked pretty, they looked pretty cool. You know, they did look pretty cool. Are they still, but, they're still massive though, aren't they? Yeah, they're still huge. Yeah, they're still huge and heavy. But there you go. Mm. And then, of course, the rear wing's been designed and, again, reducing weight. And apparently it's going to help to throw the dirty air high up over the car behind. So the car behind is going through a lot cleaner air. So, again, promote that that, that, that closer. Back to, back to slipstreaming from the 80s. and Well, let's and hope so. Let's hope so. Um, and then another bit, which is, which is always a good step forwards. So they're going to rise uh, to using uh, 10%. Uh, biofuel um, so at the moment it's five percent they're raising it to ten percent um, so you, you you've got the biofuel component coming from ethanol um, and that ethanol has to be from second generation biofuel made in a sustainable way which will basically give them a zero carbon footprint on that part of the fuel so that's that's good and they are obviously looking to move even more into in into increasing that to mm. uh, basically uh, I think the plan is eventually to to get to 100% biofuel. But uh, this is a yeah. slippery slope. Eventually, when you go to a racetrack, you won't be able to get a bacon roll anymore. You'll have to have like a lentil burger or something, won't you? So yes, that's where, exactly. that's, where, that's where the sport's going. Are they going to um, keep DRS? They are keeping DRS, but they're going to be monitored to see how it's how it how it works with the new cars. That's hedging the bets, isn't it? It's like um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it just just in case it doesn't quite work. We'll just it keep is, it. yes, it is. Um, but talking about Silverstone, oh boys, I tell you, I've bought my tickets for next year. Oh, I cannot wait! I cannot wait. Right, okay, and I will leave you on that. Uh, we are coming to the end of the show. So we go to Sochi at the weekends. Um, so we can uh, you, you can join me next week, boys, to uh, talk about the race at Sochi and whether Max and Lewis came together again. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so for you, for you at home, you can tweet us on lights underscore F1 or you can catch us on jacksradio.com and use the listen again function to listen to any of our shows from this year. Or you can go to the LOLGF1 Jacks Radio playlist on Spotify and catch any of the music that we played this year also. Uh, so playing us out is going to be the Black Keys with a song called Lonely Boy. So boys, do you want to say goodbye? I do want to say goodbye and apologise for getting the 2010 Canadian Grand Prix wrong last week. I was I forgot to say that it was indeed <laughs> Hamilton that won it and Jensen was second. So I'll, I've got to issue that stat apology. But there see you, you next go. week. It's always good to bring, have a stat apology. Bring on Friday! I can't wait. Yeah, bring on Friday, and it just remains for me to say goodbye and drive safely. Oh!